Hello and welcome to Ad Creeps, the podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm Dee, and I'm here with my best bud, Al. Hello, it's me. Now, Al. Yes. We have been best buds for a long time. Yes. We've been buds for a long time. Yeah. And we've been acquaintances for a lot longer. Yeah. I realize... We're coming to the point in our lives where we've actually known each other longer than not known each other. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> oh, I thought it was kind of comforting. It is comforting, but also I'm old. <laughs> yeah, man. But that is nice. You we, are a constant. We we made it, we probably met. I remember meeting you first. Um you were sitting in a chair in our friend's apartment, and you looked very unimpressed. And I'm like, I want to be their friend, but I didn't know if you wanted to be my friend. Why did I look unimpressed? I know, you always kind of looked unimpressed. <laughs> I think there was hijinks going on. Oh, okay. And you were more unimpressed about the hijinks going on. But that was like when we were 19 or 20. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm turning 38 this year, I think? No. Oh, I'm not? I don't think so. Oh. I th- I'm pretty sure. I don't think so. 37? Yeah. Okay. Well. Because I'm turning 36. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, when we're 38, we'll have known each other for longer than we've okay. not known each other. So coming up soon. Well, for the record, I thought you seemed very cool and you were one year older than me, which Aww. meant that you seemed very cool. Really? So, as you can tell, I was wrong. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> um, throughout our friendship, we have our own... I feel we've built our own vocabulary. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and one of the words that, like, we use and we've used for quite a long time is the word pooped. Yeah. Um, I don't actually know where that came from. I think it was it was spooked and then we took the S off. <laughs> Yeah. And it's not that we're spooked. It's just like, we got him. You got you got him. You, you got me. You told me something I didn't expect. You got me. And it's just like, there's a moment. Right? I think it's because the two of us both have like such a wide amount of knowledge about weird things. Yeah. That like in order to tell us something that we'd not heard before from the other one yeah. is like very much an exciting event. Yeah. It's exciting, but you got him. And that's why we do the podcast. And that's why we do the podcast. Hey. <gasps> wow. Well, this owl, <laughs> I think... We'll pook you. I'm so excited. Welcome to Ad Pooks. <laughs> oh, we're the pookies. <laughs> this white pook you. Not only will it pook my best bud Al, but also it will solve a mystery. I'm afraid. It will solve a mystery that has rattled the very foundations of this podcast. Oh, no. Yay. <laughs> and uh. uh <laughs> um, I'd like to thank my beautiful little research boy, my, my sibling, Reagan, <laughs> who actually sent this to me. Oh, wow. And sent, did, did this, basically did the work for me, and I appreciate them. So thank you, Reagan. Thank um, you, Reagan. You ready? Yeah. Okay. You, get, you ready to get pooped? Pook me, baby. One more time. Maurice Bernard Sindak was born June 10th, 1928, to Polish-Jewish immigrants. Like the, to, from where the wild things are? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You've heard of him? I'm familiar with oh, his good. work. Okay, cool. Uh, his <laughs> we're getting, we're getting oh. You're familiar with the little bear? The little bear, yeah. Yeah, I like the little bear the best, actually. It was very sweet. Good little bear. The other ones scared me too much. Oh. Sadie and Philip were, were his parents. Mm. Uh, Maurice's childhood was incredibly difficult as he found himself surrounded by death from a very young age. Oh. Do you know uh, anything about him? I know that he wrote Where the Wild Things Are yeah. and Little Bear and also that he, a kid, liked his book so much that he 
Maurice had sent him a letter. Like, the kid wrote yeah. to him, and Maurice wrote a letter back, and the kid liked the letter so much he ate it. <laughs> Is that a true story? I, I think That's so. really cute. I like that. <laughs> uh, he was also uh, closeted gay for a very long time and only came out, like, really, really recently before his death. I think I knew that from my favorite part of any Wikipedia page. Personal life. <laughs> Personal. Are they gay? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yes. Did they sleep without? Then we know for sure. Now we know. <laughs> now we know. Not a lot of gay people in the world. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Hey, pretenders. Members of his extended family were killed during the Holocaust, and he himself was witness to a young friend's death in a traffic accident. Aww. So I think he was very young and... Uh, he knew a young girl, and she got hit by a car oh, and wow. right in front of him. And he kind of, for the long time, like, felt to blame. Oh, yeah. They were playing in the street. But back then, in the 1920s, kids just played in the street. They sure did. Yep. Um, Maurice also dealt with a large amount of health issues when he was young, which meant he was commonly confined to his bed for weeks at a time. Quote, I mostly observed children. He oh. said in the 2003 HBO documentary, Tell Them Anything You Want, a portrait of Maurice Sindak, which were uh, a lot of this information comes from that oh, okay. um, documentary. It's by Spike Jones. Oh, wow. Um, and they just kind of took the camera and hung out with Maurice. It was really cool. Quote, I'd sit at my window even when I was a child and I would tell their stories as their stories floated up to the window. So oh. he was like, he was chronically ill, especially yeah. as a young boy. And um, yeah, he just was checking out, I guess, lived in New York. Yeah. Brooklyn. Mm. And just would watch the kids outside. Maybe he knew Joey. A lot of good stories, I bet. Maybe he knew Joey. Maybe he knew Joey. Joey would have been an old man. Oh, in the 20s? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought Joey Peppers was per, like, per, per, per. I it? get, yeah, he's a perpetually young. He's yeah. always been he's always 12 been. years old-ish. <laughs> Ish, or 10, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maurice recalls his hyper-awareness of child mortality and the perils of childhood rooted in one defying moment. In 1932, around age four, Maurice recalls that he was infatuated with a large media bliss that featured the most famous kidnapping of that era. Oh, boy. <laughs> It's the baby. Oomst. Is it the baby? <laughs> Which one? The baby we vowed to find? On March 1st, 1932, <laughs> one and a half year old Charles Lindbergh Jr. was taken from his bedroom during the night. Why did we keep saying? It was a girl. I have no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We trans that baby. <laughs> Al, there's a lot of things <laughs> that we said in that podcast that actually didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey Al, I've solved it. Reagan was sitting there listening like, you dummy. <laughs> I think that's what they were doing. <laughs> I think a lot of people were thinking like, okay, I'm just going to put the tiger on the table. Hey, the, the crime was solved. <laughs> no. Yeah, they found the, hey, they found the baby. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> And how dare you creeps out there who probably knew that? Because you're you're a lot. I'm sure we have some true crime. Not one out of there. you. No, what if you email? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Reagan had the the chutzpah to fucking say you guys are jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know what? I'm solving it. Okay, I'm solving it now. 
The kidnappers left little trace, and because of Lindbergh's star status and political pull, the disappearance prompted the decade's most publicized manhunt. The two items the kidnappers left behind was a three-section ladder that lay outside the Lindbergh's two-story house and a $10,000 ransom note. A little, little ladder to climb right through. The, got the baby. <laughs> These are all clues. This is my baby stealing ladder. <laughs> it was small and it like, and they just left it. Well, you need a small ladder for a baby. Yeah. So I'll I'll talk about. <laughs> There's your problem. This is the problem. They expected the baby to climb down the ladder. <laughs> That's Babies, rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. Babies don't know how to use ladders. <laughs> it's not like a fundamental thing that we teach them. Babies don't even know like like object permanence. <laughs> I'm gonna keep referring to the Lindbergh baby with she/her pronouns, yeah. but like in a gay way. <laughs> She did have a gray outfit on. <laughs> she was serving. She was serving. <laughs> I don't think we can... Can we... No. The baby of a, of a white supremacist? Yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Charles Lindbergh paid the ransom himself by placing the money between the white... The white pages. <laughs> Sorry. Between the pages of a magazine and mailing it to uh, White River Junction. Could you imagine if you got the magazine and it was... At the wrong address, and <laughs> it's just full of cash. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> There's enough to ransom a baby in here. <laughs> I could buy a baby. <laughs> I saw one just climb down a ladder just that week. <laughs> he waited and at the assigned a rendezvous point, but the kidnappers never appeared. The newspapers kept the story alive, even when clues began to dry up. Quote, throughout the whole drama, there has been a ray of hope that the child would be found, said the Daily Herald. Rumors, almost unbelievable rumors, were followed up as carefully as if they had been concrete clues. So, yeah, baby wasn't found. Uh, story ended, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, the, yeah right? Uh, uh, by the way, uh, there are trigger warnings and content warnings at the top. I am going to talk about, d- uh, you know. Baby murder. Baby murdered. Okay. <laughs> baby found. Ooh. Not alive. <laughs> May 13th, 1932. So, like, a couple months afterwards. I don't know how we didn't hear about this. <laughs> Why wasn't this the headline? <laughs> I mean, to be fair, we weren't alive in 1932, so... Where how was the we... coverage, Walter Winchell? Where was it? <laughs> the Daily Mirror dedicated the entire front page to the Limber case. We don't read I the didn't da- see it. We don't read the Daily Mirror. <laughs> it tweeted at me. They're don't. fucking... No... <laughs> They're probably shitty and British and, you know. <laughs> Informing its readers that Char- Charles Lindbergh Jr. had been found murdered. The ballet decomposed body was found actually not too far from the Lindbergh's home. It was like a couple meters. What? They weren't... So just right outside. Yeah, it was just like, oops. The, la- the ladder. It was... Well, no, not by the ladder. It was down the road a bit. Mm. Um, oh, that's so sad. Yes. Yeah, it's <laughs> truly so sad. And it had been sitting there for a while, hey? Oh, that's very sad. The body was so decomposed, it could only be identified by pieces of clothing and teeth. So this manhunt... I just... I'm I'm thinking, like, this is an awful, like, loss of, of a young person who are, is murdered and kidnapped. But at the same point, and like, how good could your manhunt be... If, and especially when it was so, like, sensationalized. I know. If, like, you just didn't check down the road. Yeah. Right? Like, now it makes me think, like, who, who is that? The little pageant girl. Oh, um, yeah. Her. I can what if she her was face. just down the road? Oh, I think they found her. I think she was in the basement. No. 
No. We're going to find... No. What? Everything I've ever known has been shattered before my eyes. You're telling me these children have been found? What about D.B. Cooper? A2? We, okay, we found the baby. We're going to find John Bonet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, this is just establishing we will never be and we are not true crime podcast. No. Or, or, how about this? True crime podcast, we don't read any. <laughs> We're not in the know. We just, the, thing is, the thing is, we don't care about the crime. No. We're interested on the impact it had culturally. Culturally, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the we details don't. of which... Loose, fast and loose. <laughs> Alive, dead, there, who not knows? there, ladder, baby, girl, boy, who can say? <laughs> who cares? Who cares? Really? Frankly, who cares? Maurice Sindak and his family were among the millions across the world who were keeping track of the story from the get-go. He recalled the radio always being on in his household where stories and updates of the kidnapping would flood his room. I was reading a really interesting article about, like, how this was the first glimpse of the 24-hour news cycle. Yeah. Like, how it was all constant. Just constant. I've got a couple good sources in my sources, if you want to read In your that. sources? You've got sources? I've got sources in my sources. My sources have sources. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so embarrassing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, Maurice's parents, who were very open with the possibility of death connected to his many childhood illnesses, insisted that such a rich, genteel baby who lived in the one of the wealthiest neighborhoods in the world would be found safe. And I think that's what a lot of people... Thought. Now I'm a genteel baby. <laughs> and I come from a rich, wealthy family. Wait, is that how you say it? Genteel, right? Yeah. Non Jewish. No, that's it. Oh, oh, Gentile. Gentile. Oh, Gentile. <laughs> 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 Gentile. Genteel is like gentlemanly. Oh. <laughs> I'm a genteel this baby. baby. <laughs> I drink my scotch on the veranda. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, okay, I'm thinking Sweet Pea from the Popeye cartoons with the really long, like, nighty, gender neutral, scotch in hand, hunting dog by their side. My God, that's the most genteel baby I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, I got egg on my face. <laughs> You and me both, brother. (laughs) At age four, Maurice recalls walking by a newsstand and seeing a front page photo of the corpse of Charles Lindbergh Jr. As chance has it, the gruesome photo was only out a few hours on the street before being pulled because of decency laws. Just a lucky few like me, says Maurice, had seen it. Quote, I could not bear the thought that the baby was dead. My life hung on that baby being recovered. Because if that baby died, I had no chance. I was only a poor kid, okay? I mean, it doesn't make much sense to say it. But that's the equation I had in my childhood mind. When the baby was found dead, I think something really fundamentally died in me. Oh my god. Yeah, it was really huge. Wow. Huge. I mean, the it's he he even talks about in the documentary how like he didn't, as a kid, understand, like, this rich white kid mm-hmm. was kidnapped because of the wealth. Yeah. And he thought, well, I'm a young Jewish, like, immigrant in a poor ghetto neighborhood. And he was saying how 
like I have no chance. Yeah. If that baby was that stolen, baby didn't make it. And and the parents he said his parents was like trying to lightly suggest like no one wants a small Jewish boy. <laughs> But he just was so full of yeah of, of anxiety. No, I feel that. Yeah, <laughs> they were very being very nice about it, but nobody wants you. No one wants you. <laughs> You're sickly. <laughs> um, the photo was so briefly on the newsstands that Maurice was told afterwards by all the adults in his life that he had never, in fact, seen. Oh it. Oh my God! They gaslit him. Yeah. Well, because it because they didn't they didn't know. Yeah. That and they couldn't just look it. it up on Google. Exactly. This uniquely shaped his sense of how children saw the world and how that insight was developed so separately from the older generation. Mm. Quote, that laid down the basis of a lifetime. You wonder what children see, the life of a child, what they see and what they hear and what they don't discuss with you or choose not to discuss with you, which is like a really good yeah. quote about the separate lives of kids. Right? Absolutely. Especially now. <laughs> A note, Maurice's memory of the corpse on the front page was only confirmed by histor- a historian when Sindak was in his twilight years. Wow. So he grew up thinking, like, insisting, like, I had that memory. Everyone else around him said, no, you didn't. That that, that wasn't, didn't that didn't happen. And then he he was so obsessed, and we'll talk about, like, he, he was so obsessed with this case that he was looking into it constantly and finally like a historian's like yeah i think it was this newspaper and it was for two hours wow it was out for two hours almost 50 years after the kidnapping maurice sindak used the very real story of charles Lindbergh jr to inspire his children's book outside over there wow do you know this one no i don't i don't either i was not i think i was kind of scared of those books i like the little bear books but i was kind of scared of the more scary ones i was a i was a wimp yeah 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 <laughs> In the book, baby Ida is kidnapped by goblins while her older sister is not paying attention. The sister ventures out from safety of their family home to rescue her sibling in a dreamlike world. Oh. Yeah. So it's wow. about a ba- it's about a kidnapping. And uh, Maurice, who's the illustrator and writer, drew the baby to look like the Lindbergh baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. Weird. Very. Bizarre. Very weird. Yeah. Outside Over There is seen as one of a trilogy of books that dealt with children being placed in horrible and scary situations, only to come out safe and sound because of their own power. In The Night Kitchen tells the story of a small boy named Mikey who must navigate a nightmare world full of hellish cooks who want to bake him into a cake. I know! And then, of course, there was Where the Wild Things Are. Max is a rebellious young boy who is sent to his room without dinner as a punishment for misbehaving. Max enters an imaginary world of large, horrid-looking creatures who choose to make the little boy their ruler. Eventually, Max chooses to return home. Like the other two books in the series, many complain that Where the Wild Things Are was far too frightening for children. In the face of libraries banning it, though, it became one of the most best-selling books of all time for children. Wow. I like this quote a lot. Quote, Max, to me, was a very average, normal kid, but he upset a lot of people at the time. He yelled at his mother, and he talked back to her, and she deprived him of food and then gave it to him. Children who fight back, children who are full of excitement, are the kind of children that I like. I like this because it's... I knew where the wild things are. Did you? Yeah. 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 Where it's the, the boy is... I guess it's framed outside of Maurice... It's framed as this boy is being naughty and he's yeah. sent to his room and then he realizes home is is where he wants to be anyway. Um, but Maurice is saying, like, 
this is a kid who is testing his boundaries and is talking back because he doesn't think something is right. And then he's living out what he needs to live out, and then he kind of solves it himself. Yeah. Which I think is a much nicer read of the And of a the very, story. like, common childhood experience. Right? The idea as a kid that, like, you know your parents are wrong, but you can't, you, you are powerless to do anything about it. Yeah. And that's extended here. Like, I mean, the amount of articles I've written or read about, like, parents don't know how to say sorry to their kids. <laughs> <laughs> parents say sorry to your kids. Even Canadian parents. <laughs> Even Canadian parents. <laughs> All parents. Marie Syndak's very real and grounded stories were always sources of controversy. Maybe this is why in the late 90s, people threw up their arms in anger when the children's author joined forces with a regional telecommunications company to create a truly bizarre set of advertising. Oh, what? <laughs> commercials? You're here. We're here. I forgot about you, commercials. Right? <laughs> you got, you got, I got to connect to somehow. <laughs> It all started uh, with what a lot of our creeps uh, stories start out with, an era of deregulation. Yep. The American Telecommunications Act of 1996 allowed once small regional companies to merge and create a giant behemoth and the giant behemoths we have today. Mm -hmm. The 1997 merger of NYNEX and Bell Atlantic created the largest telecom of its time. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, these telecoms. (laughs) Now, in Canada, we have, what, three TELUS Bell Rogers. Yeah. And down down in the States, it's AT&T. Bell, I think, is down there, too. Oh, they got all kinds. They got, but they got little <laughs> ones, but it's all, like, it's all kind of like us. Like, they have little ones, but they're eaten up by the big yeah, ones. Yeah, the little, the bigger number eats the little number. The bigger, the bigger number eats the little number. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. All I can think about is number munchers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They munch those numbers. Yum, 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 yum. That's how I learned the math. It's... <laughs> Consumers were, of course, concerned with their rap- with the rapid changes in their marketplace and their phone and cable and internet bills. Bell Atlantic wanted to make sure it put on a, ge- a gentle. A genteel. Or a genteel. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Just a big corporate Bell Atlantic guy with the baby with mint juleps. Now I'm a genteel telecommunications <laughs> company. I'm not in in that I'm not Jewish. Wait, that no, nope. no, no. That's gen gentile. Gentile. Oh, <laughs> god damn it. Um, I'll never read that word the same again. <laughs> Gentle mass, so its customers did not see the unwielding, greedy, frightening beast that it was. Enter Marie Sindek and where the wild things are. A perfect allegory for Belle to be seen as a gentle giant. Oh. Um, by the way, in the documentary, Maurice mentioned that he, the Where the Wild Things, the wild things, he designed after his, like, relatives in his own family. Oh, my God, really? So the the the, fa- the kind of, like, caricatures of oh, his family. Oh, I love family. that. <laughs> it's really cute. <laughs> New York-based advertising agency, The Lord Group, developed the ad campaign using Maurice's character, who were beloved by multiple generations at that point, mm-hmm. to try to humanize Bell Atlantic. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Sindak agreed to the work with the agency only if he retained ultimate creative control of the finished project, and he did. That's amazing. Yeah, he had all of it. And this was, what, 97, 98? And wow. he passed away in 2012. Mm. 
Um, Maurice illustrated five print ads and all the billboards along with keyframes for each of the TV spots. The commercials featured Syndax Wild Things in a natural setting, specifically without the modern technology that Bell Atlantic was slinging. The advertisements, quote, communicated a wide range of messages from basic phone services to complex te technological concepts of supply chain management and the benefits of high-speed data <laughs> without the image of a phone or a modem. Wow. So there's no, there's no phones. Like, the little Max isn't, like, plugging in his dial-up computer. Incredible. Though the campaign won an Effie Award for Excellence in Creativity and Maurice himself won a Clio Award for his print ad illustrations, there were plenty of people who raised their eyebrows at the ads. Quote, uh, still, I understand the company's desire to buy a piece of all those good feelings built up through the years of repetition and love, writes John Schwartz in an op-ed in the Washington Post. And maybe I shouldn't begrudge Mr. Syndex wanting to make a buck since he gave us so much joy. Yet I do begrudge. And plenty. <laughs> Why can't the phone companies just keep our children and our inner children out of it? This man's a hater and I love it. <laughs> Um, this is, I mean, in the 90s, it was the glory days of using childhood brand loyalty yeah. to get into our pockets. We spent all these decades making you love this shit, and yeah. now we're going to use it. Now we're going to use it, yeah. <laughs> these sort of comments were common whenever nostalgia is turned into brand loyalty and marketing. But this wasn't Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse or the dozen of other characters that were created and used as spokesmen for children. What made Maurice Sindak's children's book so special is the author never talked down to his young audience. He knew they were fully aware of the world, even before their parents would even want them to be. Mm -hmm. Quote, I was very much afraid when I was a child, but all my books ended safely. I needed the security in my soul bringing these children back. Ida comes home back safe. Max finds his meal waiting for him. It means his mother loves him. The rough patches between them are solved. Mickey gets safely back in bed. We want them to end up okay, and they do end up okay. Maybe this is why Maurice held on to the story of Charles Lindbergh Jr. so much, even until his death May 8, 2012. One of the items that was put up for auction from his estate was something Maurice was on the search for since he was a little boy only able to get it in his possession after a 29-year search. It was a miniature Lindbergh baby kidnapping trial souvenir wood ladder. Wow. What? Yeah. Wow. I have a picture in my sources. <laughs> it was the... No, it was a souvenir It was a souvenir, which is even more buck wild. That's unreal. They would, they're selling, like, <laughs> copies of the ladder, and it was... They're tiny. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Did I fook you a little bit? A little bit, okay. yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, with the fact that the case was solved. <laughs> we solved it here. We solved it here, folks. Um, to be fair, to be fair, the person that they caught and executed for the... Um, for the murder, mm -hmm. he never admitted that he did it. Oh. He kept his innocence. So, so we maybe. still don't know. So we still don't know. We still don't know if that was the... But we do know that the baby is... The baby is... Perished. Yes, the baby is no more. I would like to issue a, a thank you to Reagan for not letting that bit go on <laughs> for several months. Yeah, we would have... <laughs> which, well, it would have been truly hilarious... <laughs> Would have also made us look like complete dipshits. I had to, I had to uh, out, out us uh, very quickly. You gotta I nip knew, it in the bud because I knew we would have to. We would, we would do some goof ups with the Charles Lindbergh baby. We would bring <laughs> her in here. We would bring her in here all the time. 
and to the rest of our listeners, if you hear something, say something. Shame, shame on you. <laughs> This, this ain't a don't ask, don't tell sort of situation. We're, we're not too big to be corrected. Yeah. <laughs> we're sweet dummos, and we do barely enough research. <laughs> and we talk out of our ass most of the time. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we solved it. We did it. Check mark. <laughs> Another case on the books. <laughs> By the creeps, boys. Uh, are you ready to see this app? I'm very excited to see this Okay, app. if you want to watch it, it's in our sources. We'll return after these messages. In the wilds of the internet, connecting with the wrong service provider can leave even the most experienced net user frustrated and abandoned. Fortunately, there's a better way. Ballatlantic.net, a fast, dependable internet service from a communications giant you already know. Whether you're diving online with email, making a splash with your own web page, keeping up with local events, or shopping with Big Yellow, your yellow pages on the web, Bell Atlantic will launch you onto the internet with a helpful staff to guide you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Just dial 1-800-NET-5234. BellAtlantic.net. A door to the internet you never knew existed. Wild things are happening. Bell Atlantic. We'll see you then. Welcome back to the show. Wow. Um, did you have a favorite wild thing? No, I liked Max the best. Did you like Max the Oh, <laughs> I like the eagle one. I don't know why. Oh. They look really hunky. <laughs> I was oh, like, you mean in this commercial? In that commercial, but this, the wild things in this commercial are the ones in, yeah. in the original book. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like them. They're very fun. They're well, fun boys. Why don't you tell us what you saw? So there's a, a little boy, and he has a net, and he's chasing butterflies. Yeah. And uh, then a big, uh, he gets scooped up in a talonous claw uh, from and carried into the sky by a big scary bird. Yeah. Uh, who's going to drop him into a, a nest to feed all of her children. Yeah. And then another hand reaches out and grabs him and, and pulls him into the world of the wild things. And this is like, the, the metaphor is... This media giant is actually good in saving you. Yeah, saving you from the perils of the internet, which, <laughs> if you have the right telecom provider, will be completely fine. <laughs> uh, uh, and then we see uh, this kid kind of get tossed from monster to monster and end up on a big yellow whale that represents the yellow pages. And then, <laughs> Great allegory. <laughs> a great, Perfect wonderful allegory. allegory. Uh, and then uh, eventually two monsters peel apart the trees and usher him into... The internet. The internet where he can chase butterflies flies to his delight and one of the wild things eats one it's very cute <laughs> the animation style is really lovely i liked it yeah it, yeah. it, it is i mean again he was he had a maurice had his hand in this one yeah. and you could tell it's yeah. a little rough and wobbly and uh i like that a lot mm-hmm. very crayon i don't very, know why yeah it feels like crayons i like the part where the kid goes in under the water yeah the sea and all the the sea creatures are down there and i like that a lot before the yellow pages comes <laughs> Yellow Pages the Whale. The Whale. Yellow Pages the Whale. I think maybe my favorite monster is Yellow Pages, Pages the, the Whale. whale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. boy. But yeah, it is. Uh, that is the story that they are selling you is that yeah. we are a big monster, but we're your, we're big, we're your big monster. We're your big pal. <laughs> <We're>... and, <laughs> and the internet will be safe if you pay the right people to get you there. Don't worry. We'll hold oh your hand. God. Right? 
is bad. They're like, God. Yeah, it's bad. It's gross. It's gross and yeah, bad. It's, gross and bad, it's so gross and bad, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh. There's just something. There, there's a lot of companies that I have hangups with. Both of us have hangups with. Yeah. Pharmaceutical companies, oil companies. But there's just something about telecommunications that really gets my goat. Well, it's just like people that saw this great, incredible thing that could help people so much and yeah. said, ooh, we gotta monetize that. <laughs> that could be money for me. And, like, there was, so there was a, a U.S. Supreme Court case mm-hmm. previous to this that said, hey, maybe there shouldn't be so much power into so few companies, like, controlling this very new technology in the internet. And they were actually, they actually disallowed mergers for a very, very long time. But in... To 1996, they're like, well, back out of the game with Krispy Kreme. You guys can merge, do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> was that Supreme Court case from, like, from the old oil oligarchies? No, or? no, it was specifically telecommunications. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, now we're just doing it. Yeah. So it forced Bell to actually split up into, I think, seven separate companies. Oh, wow. And Bell Atlantic was, like, the um, New England area. But <laughs> then it's like, nope. Do, do whatever you want, folks. Hey, be a conglomerate. Yum, Conglom yum, yum. all you like. Yep. <laughs> yum, yum, yum. <laughs> uh, it's 2023. It's 2023. And you know what? We solved it. And also... <laughs> <laughs> and also, we still have telecommunication companies. We certainly do. Like three of them. And they're so annoying yeah. to us. Uh-huh. But we need them. And they phone us so often. Do they phone we, you still? I get, I'm not with uh, TELUS. Yeah. But I get phone calls from, from them Telus. almost every day. Oh, fuck. Did you use your phone number to sign up for a plan? I would say maybe 10 years ago. God. Because <laughs> we've used Shaw. Do they have nothing better to do? <laughs> Frankly. Nope. And the do calls, they have nothing? Can I tell you, the calls are coming from the United States. See, I the when we when we moved, I was rid of. We changed services, mm-hmm. and uh, our our producer. I made him put his phone number and him sign up so he would get all the calls. That's the that's the business. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have a fall guy. You gotta have a fall oh, guy. God, I don't want to talk about cable packaging my cable and internet and having a landline. Who does that? Yeah, they're always trying to give you a quote unquote better deal. Yeah, for like six months, and then it gets expensive again. Ugh. They could just not. Yeah. They have so much money. They have so much money. So it's 2023. It's 2023. And there's a, there's a little girl, mm. and she's running around. She's just, like, doing her thing. Yeah. Uh, and then she gets scooped up by this big telecom company. Oh, no. Uh, and they're like, you can't just run around and have fun in here. you got to pay us. Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, so the monsters are actually, she, she, she's like, okay. And then she, she escapes and the monsters are all chasing her around. Okay. Uh, and then she creates a secret door. I'm okay. writing a cartoon. Here. You're writing a cartoon. I like it. Uh, and she steps inside and suddenly she's in the like inner security area of the telecom and she's got oh. all their files right there. We matrix this shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. And she grabs all the files and she opens the door again. She throws them out into a white void. And then you cut to live action and there's people just downloading these files all over. And they're like, wait, they've been fucking us. Wait, they they make so much money and they've been fucking us so hard. 
Thank you, little girl. So, okay, but it's not an ad for telecommunications. No. It's a... But... But... It's when they're going to run the ad, yeah. someone sneaks in and swaps the copies. Oh. oh so they run a bad ad. They r- Bad ad. Swap the copy. And someone... <laughs> swap that copy. And someone puts a ladder in... <laughs> The ad agency steals it. Yes. And bashes its head in and leaves it on the side of the oh road. Oh my god. <laughs> and and Al and I are here like, where's the copy? Where's the copy? Where is it? Where is it? Oh my god. And then the the, the little girl gets to return to her community, which yeah. is full of nice and cool monsters that aren't related to the telecom. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> um, thank you, Al. You're welcome. Do you have something also very nice for me? I don't have something nice, but no. I have something. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, a local ad that's not nice. That's okay. I'll deal with it. I just, I think I've been waiting for an episode that's sufficiently, like... Rotten? Rotten. Yeah. To, to bring this one. This because... one. Hey, this one's certified rotten. <laughs> it's gently rotten. It's gently rotten. <laughs> It's kind of one of those where it's like, well, this is a local ad, and this is the kind of thing that we like to look at, but yeah. I don't like this. I, I like it. Okay, let's see. <laughs> if you want to um, watch along with us, you can go into our sources. Hi, folks. This is Don from Don's Guns, where the Second Amendment is live and well. I'm standing in the rental department. Want to shoot a 50 caliber Desert Eagle? Want to shoot a Glock? Want to shoot a high-powered rifle? You can rent them. They're $10 to rent. That's all it is. Come on in. Rent the gun of your choice. Because I don't want to make any money, folks. I just love to rent guns. <laughs> I love... <laughs> that is from Indianapolis. I love when I laugh. Like, continues. It's like, calculatedly goes on slightly too long. Slightly too long. And they don't, they didn't cut. They're like, we're going to keep rolling. Okay, I have a lot of questions for this man. <laughs> you can rent again for $10. Do you just, is it like the library? Yeah, it's a gun library. Where you just well, take You don't it. have to pay the library. You don't have to pay the library, but you. But no one's making you bring it back. <laughs> you just take it out and, like, use it. How? How? <laughs> Where would you use it? And then you bring it back? I don't know. I don't know. Anything. This man, I don't this think. This out of his same mind. I also love the beginning of this ad. It says guns and tires. It does. Because I, I assume he's not making money from, he says he doesn't want to make money from his guns. He, he just loves renting guns. He just loves renting So I guess the tire business is how he makes his money. It he, must be the tires are lucrative. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps his lights on with the tires. And that's his personal collection of guns that he just... It must be. Okay, I will say, I am, the one thing that terrifies me in this world is a gun. Like, I yeah. cannot be near one. I cannot, like, And there will just, be a, a content warning on this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But that ghoul gun looked pretty cool. <laughs> I don't want to shoot it. Listen, I'm not immune to video games. I'm not. But if I was in a video game, I'd want that golden gun. I would like it very much. Thank you. Listen, Agent 47's got some cool stuff going on. I'm yeah. not afraid to admit it. <laughs> but. But. Not Dawn. Now, this no. is a genteel gun rentsman. <laughs> he does have a genteel mustache. <laughs> And a weird Colonel Sanders suit. He did. He did. And, oh, well, that has other ramifications. It sure does. It's pretty his, fucked up all around. His face is very red. 
Yeah. It's got some blood pressure stuff going on, I think. Indianapolis, how are you guys doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? Can you rent guns? Where do you take them? dollars But you can't get green vegetables. <laughs> you can't get HRT. <laughs> Rude. What if you... Okay, I won't even. I won't even. <laughs> Thank you very much. If you have a local ad that is, you know, genteel... <laughs> Or if you want to tell us that we've been wrong, wrong about history in some way, but tell hey, be nice. Please be nice. Be We're nice. so stupid. We're so, <laughs> so dumb. We're just two jackasses. <laughs> We're just two normal men <laughs> doing our best. <laughs> doing our best. Making a podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you have a if you <laughs> have a note about how we're wrong or you want us to talk about a local ad, you can email us at creeps at gmail.com. Just two extremely normal men. Just two- <laughs> <laughs> you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, co-hosts. Yeah. And Tumblr. And Tumblr. At ad creeps. Yeah, <laughs> and us. LinkedIn. Just kidding. No, not LinkedIn. We <laughs> don't want businesses to find us. I think that's it. That's it. Until next time, we are signing, signing off. But first, a word from my spouse.